0: And one of my favorites was the drunker Kelly would get when we were at magic, Mike, there were, you know, all these bachelorette parties and she'd be like, talk to me in five years.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <It was so laughs> good.
0: Welcome back to another episode of divorce party. I'm so excited for today's episode. Our guest today is one of my oldest and dearest friends ever in the world. She is divorced. She's a mom. She's an entrepreneur. She is a retired Air Force pilot. She flew C-130s and did multiple tours in Afghanistan. And we just planned, and celebrated her divorce party in Las Vegas. She's here to tell us all about it. Please welcome to the show, Kelly Smith. Hi. Hey. Oh my gosh. Kelly, this is Tom. Hi. Tom. Very nice to meet you. Oh
1: tell, me, tell me about Kelly.
0: Okay. So Kelly and I met something years ago <laughs> Jesus. and uh back in our cocktail waitressing t- i'm setting the scene for you tom hey, yeah. it's scottsdale in the something 2000s and we are cocktail waitresses at a sushi bar nice. we meet we immediately become party buddies and you know i'm the only idiot that's like, I'm moving to L.A. to be an actress. And she's like, well, i am going into the military to become a pilot. And, and so we're just like the two oddballs, or yeah. well, the two crazy ladies. Who is
1: smarter in that move? Let me tell you something.
0: Oh, my um, God. Right. Kelly. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, Kelly. Uh, not I,
3: necessarily.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that.
1: Yeah.
0: But, um, but the best story I have, Tom, is about how Kelly and I uh, she knew I was moving to L.A. and one weekend she's like, hey, you want to take my dad's plane to LA? I've got some pilot friends in Manhattan Beach. Like, we'll fly out for the weekend. We'll get a rental car. And I was like, "Well, yeah," but there was like a little part of me that like didn't really believe that Kelly could fly <laughs> a plane. <laughs> oh, she flew! Oh, you know,
4: no, yeah.
0: Know? She'd already been to, like, boot camp and all that. I mean, I had dropped her off at the airport. She came back looking like hell. I mean, she would had the whole <laughs> life sucked out of her after oh. she was in Fort whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so we go to her dad's airplane hangar, you know, we get gas in the plane. We have, like, some groceries. And it's this little two-person Cessna. Yeah. And I call my parents and luckily they didn't answer. I just left a message saying, you know, just in case anything happens, like look for my body on the 10 freeway. And (laughs) (laughs) so so we start barreling down the runway and I look at Kelly and I go, please tell me you really know how to fly this plane. (laughs) And she's like, "I, I got it. We're fine. We're fine. So we get up in the air we're, you know, cruising along and she's like, Hey, uh, can you look in the back? And I look in the back, and there's just like two metal cables that yeah. are steering yeah. this plane and our backpacks. She's like, Yeah, there should be a black bag back there. And I'm like, Yeah, no, lady, there's just our groceries and our <laughs> suitcases. She's like, Well, shit, I forgot the <laughs> GPS. <laughs> she she goes so we're just gonna have to follow the 10 freeway it's no. not a big deal meanwhile i was already scared i think this was after 9 11 so i was already scared no. of like flying and planes and all that shebang and uh she's like so when i tip the airplane if you see the freeway on your side that just no, means we're, so in,
4: right.
0: we're in restricted <laughs> airspace not a big deal me <laughs> But my favorite part of the whole trip was we had the headsets and the microphones, and we were totally doing that like NPR SNL thing to each other the whole way. We were eating like apples and chips, and then we would just like throw them out the window when we were done. (laughs) But but we had like airplane, like Southwest airplanes calling, like when they would see us, you know, they call in, and and it was so much fun. But the closer we got to the Camarillo airport, the more nervous I got because we flew right over Dodger Stadium and she's like, okay, it's gonna get really busy. I need your help. Like with traffic, like if you see a helicopter, if you see a jet, let me know. And I was like, "What?"
4: that's (laughs) good. (laughs) (laughs)
0: it was so crazy they'd be like cactus echo niner fiver and i'm just like i don't know there's another one and then we're just the sun starts going down and kelly says to me um well shit i hope we make it before the sun goes down because i just remembered that uh the lights don't work on the front of the plane
4: oh like (laughs) that.
0: So shockingly enough, I mean we landed as the sun was going down and um we had a great weekend. Uh we couldn't fly back like we were planning on it because um Kelly was a little too hungover. Mm. Yeah. And we ended up getting fired Wait from our jobs. Job. Yeah. <laughs> and there was fog. There was a huge marine layer. Uh we ended up staying a few extra days. We both got fired and then we were like, well shit, no time like the present. Let's move out to LA. And we sold everything we owned and packed our cars and um been friends ever since
1: <laughs> now, how did, how did you get the plane back? Did your dad have to do did your dad a pilot?
3: He flew it back
1: yeah your dad was a
3: pilot for Pan Am yeah he was
1: oh, I remember that now yeah. that must be, that must be uh exciting when your when your dad and your daughter becomes a pilot too i mean that's a that's a ride, right yeah
3: he's Man, he's he has three daughters that were all military pilots, and let me tell you, the proud factor—he's he's one of those guys that's just obsessed with aviation and mm-hmm. military and all that stuff. So, yeah, he's he's um, a big fan of ours.
1: Well, I'm sure I just did a video for a major general that's retired. Uh, uh, I can't remember which uh, where he was located, but he's got a job at at Delta airlines to make oh. money. Like he's, you know, he's moving and, and he, he, I assume he's done his 20 years and, and oh. whatever that is. So you get a pension, although your ex-wife could take that from you, but, but, uh, but, and people that love flying, uh, you know, I have people in my family that absolutely love it. But the idea that you had to follow the Ted <laughs> is sort of how I drive the car, like I look up and set, and, you know, so, you guys made it. It's a hilarious story. You guys are buddies to this day. I wish we had pictures of you guys uh, as cocktail waitresses.
4: Oh, I know. So we'll to... Did you
3: really want to unearth those? I, mean... I know. Oh, yeah, no, I had. Do. I had crispity
0: crunchity. Pam Anderson, blonde hair. Mm. I mean, we were train wrecks back then. It's a miracle. Girl, like we were... lived Kivas and tank
1: tops. Like, oh, like... yeah. Oh, my God. It's amazing. You guys are. <laughs>
0: yeah. When this we is... first moved That's to Arizona, she and I, we couched it for a month at her aunt and uncle's. They were on a cruise. And then we would walk up and down the I'm street. I'm so and...
3: glad you remember these details, Monica, because I have forgotten all of this. <laughs>
0: We would walk up and down the streets in Manhattan Beach and look for for rent signs. And we ended up finding a studio and we bought blow up air mattresses from Target. And those were our beds. And we just had
3: our clothes lined up against the wall. I mean, it was Um, Monica and we were so terrified of lighting. Do you remember when we unearthed the furnace underneath the floor? Oh my god! Uh, figure out how to light like the it's, pilot light. Like. So Monica's like, "You do it, Kelly." So I'm like, "Okay." But then even I saw it, and I'm like, "No." So we decided to just freeze. We went to bed <laughs> with of our hands. Monica was in the lower air mattress wearing her beanie. I mean, we were. We'd wake up in the middle of the night and have to blow up our air mattresses because they had. Yeah, away. we called it our nightly blowjobs. Blowjobs to the air mattresses. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it then was... we couldn't figure out why we were
0: freezing all night long. And finally, Scapegoat, this amazing pilot that we were friends with who lived down the street, came over one night. And he's like, well, you realize all your body heat is escaping out of these air mattresses. That's why you're freezing all night. I mean, we had no idea.
1: Yeah. <laughs> finally, what's, the deal, hey, what's the deal with Scapegoat? What's the, He, he over Scapegoat
0: to visit? was our... Uh, yeah anytime we were out at a bar and we needed him we'd make him our boyfriend or our yeah. oh, story. like if
3: you needed a picture in your head of a boyfriend that you
4: could oh. tell somebody about he was,
3: about, he was, he was also boy. in the air force <laughs> yeah. and and it, in the air force like charismatic just a oh. beautiful person we're still friends yeah he, so was, he loves the name scapegoat but oh yeah so he was it. forever
0: our scapegoat way too hot for for <laughs> us out of our league um yeah, it was really a good time. Um, so Tom, yes. this weekend we went to Vegas for Kelly's divorce party. <sighs> Tom has not had a divorce party yet. I mean, um
1: four, four divorces, but uh
0: yeah. so you get four parties. Yeah, yes, for, uh, we, it's um, gonna have to be a big one. Um, but Tom is um he does not partake in the alcohol and the other things anymore, but we'll make it extra special. It doesn't even yeah. matter. And
1: who knows want- how it goes?
0: Who knows? Well, well, you know. Kelly, will you tell for people out there who haven't
2: had a divorce party what? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello?
0: What was it like, what did you get from it and, and did you have fun?
3: So the main thing for me, I, I mean, I sent out a text after, I remember it was like right after the final papers were, were signed, sealed and delivered to the court. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, it's finally done because it took two and a half years, which was half the length of our marriage. So I mean, many people have been married longer than it took for us to get divorced. Right. Um, or i Sorry. Married less time. But it just, it was such a relief to finally be out of that. I I don't even know how to describe it other than just like this well that you're sitting in by yourself because nobody else is going through exactly what you're going through or has gone through exactly, even if they've had a divorce or they've had a bad relationship, your situation is unique and miserable. I mean, I, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who have had a nice divorce, and it's very amicable and friendly, and God, I wish I'd had that. Um, I think that's what we wanted when we started out, but it got nasty really fast, and so it was just two and a half years of stress, 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 and um, depression, like everything just building up so that when it was finally done, I almost couldn't believe It took, it took, it took a while to actually realize that it was over Mm -hmm. and I'm still struggling with it in like the way I respond to things or the way I act, because when you're going through a divorce, you're under a microscope the entire time because the lawyers are going to attack you for anything and everything, even if they're making it up. And so it was, I think just throwing that idea out there to my friends and saying, I just want to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. I feel free, and this is over. This is a conclusion it 's a it 's you know the end of a chapter in my life mm-hmm. that i 'm happy has closed. I mean it was an experience we 've all had them. We learn from them, but i 'm ready to move on to the next chapter, and that is something to celebrate the fact that you're excited to move on with your life that you 've finally finished this other like not so happy part
1: it, so, it, yeah I think it's it's a too because. It's a it's an exact moment you know it, it took you two and a half years, I've gone through long many year litigations, divorces, and and uh, what my mistake I'll say is that I just went and the next person I met I married, so there was <laughs> never this break which which uh, you guys have done, which is like okay. Also, your friends when you're getting a divorce or when you're they you know they they're your friends and they love you, but. There is, and I've told uh, Monica this, there's a stink of divorce. They don't want to get on them like it's c- contagious. Like, they're, like, oh, my gosh. They do their best. but And nobody can understand what you're going through. Two and a half years, you know, people are like, well, you're getting divorced. You made the decision. I'm there for you. There's kids and involved. do it's two and a half years. It's crazy. Yeah, you yeah. it's
3: miserable. Divorce is easily the worst thing I've ever been through. And I've been through some pretty <laughs> shitty situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was the most traumatizing of anything I've ever experienced. Um, But I think that's why I wanted to celebrate that the trauma is past. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to be like the divorce party was also a way for me to let a little bit of aggression out. Yeah. Also be done with it. Like, Mm -hmm. I can be mad about it and celebrate the fact that it's over, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to dwell on it for the rest of my life. I'm not going to be a bitter divorcee that is mad about my ex-husband or whoever his new girlfriend or wife is. I don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. I am so happy to be moving on. And um, we ended up just being a really small little group, and Vegas seemed like a good idea just because I felt like that's a great place for Well, We were supposed
0: to go there for one of your, we were supposed to go to Vegas for one of Kelly's bachelor parties for a different engagement that didn't work out.
3: (laughs) So Tom, I wasn't, so yeah, I'm, I'm not quite to your level, but I was engaged before and broke it off six weeks before the wedding. So I did go through like, I, I was a little smarter in that one in that I think I was able to see that our relationship was really not going to be a healthy one progressing forward. This last one, unfortunately, I did not see that, but whatever. We also- I think it
1: takes courage to break off an engagement. Oh, and I, I have been engaged before and said, oh, no, this is not. And then I've said, well, i got to go through with it, that there's stuff, and it just takes yes. a little courage to.
4: And
3: I think that's why I went through with the second marriage. Is right. because I'd already broken off an engagement and like everybody knew about it. And it was just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was that so crazy. That just like as the runaway bride that's like, well, I'm just going to keep getting engaged for the rest of my life and never actually
0: make a commitment. I mean, all of Kelly's rings were stunningly beautiful. I drew oh, ju- nice. The jewelry was to die. Was but what's beautiful. so interesting is for Kelly's actual marriage or wedding that happened, she has this amazing hundred year old barn on her parents property that she turned into the most gorgeous wedding or event venue. And we, and the wedding was happening there. So it was like, on one hand, she couldn't cancel it. Like she, like a website, like all the photos from Kelly's wedding were going on the website and the thing to launch this, you know, and, and also, you know, I think you met somebody that really wanted kids
3: and you were on, I feel like, you know, you were kind of on the fence. I was in my late 30s, so I'm not going to lie. I wasn't 100% sure about kids, mm-hmm. wasn't 100% sure about marriage, but mm-hmm. I was also feeling that real, as much as my dad has like talked to me about it my entire life, I totally fell for the whole, oh, your clock is ticking thing, and um, made some decisions based a lot I want to say on social pressure, like outside social pressure. That was because I was happy in our relationship. We had issues
4: mm-hmm.
3: that became worse over time. But initially, I also I've learned through a lot of therapy that I have a taskmaster mentality, which <laughs> is something that once you make your mind up to do something, yeah. do it no matter what.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: If it kills you. And I've done that with several things in my life, my career, my marriage, my child might kill me. Because you essentially gave up
0: your flying career to have a child.
3: Yes. I ended up giving up a 20-year... It took me 20 years to get to the airlines. Um, I spent 17 years flying in the Air Force. Um, I only flew in the airlines for um, the major that I was at for like five years. And once I... Once we did decide that we were going to have a kid and we had her, it um, it it became a much bigger thing in my life than anything else. And again, this was like maybe a little bit of the taskmaster thing is that I was like, if I'm going to have a kid, I'm having a kid and I'm doing it right. And I am going to make sure that I am there for this kid and that I am not putting my own desires and, you know, career uh, in front of this other person that didn't even ask to be brought here. So, um, that was kind of my decision for quitting two careers, essentially the military and the civilian flying. But I did, um, I did start this wedding venue before we got married. So thank God, um, that happened. But, um, it has worked out. And I know, um, Monica was asking me at the divorce party, she's like, is it weird? to have all these weddings because we had like 50 weddings in a six-month period the last couple of years. and While you're um, going through this terrible divorce. Yeah, well, like post-COVID, which was traumatic anyway for everyone, including the wedding industry. And then meanwhile, I'm going through a divorce as well. And it's, the only thing I can say about it is because I'm sure that's something that people would really wonder about or feel like, well, you obviously don't know anything about marriage. You're getting a divorce. You, you know, you've got the kind of the scarlet letter stamp on your forehead, the big D for divorce. And it's, it's not like that at all. Like I have, I am not jaded against marriage. I am. So I actually even, there's a, a few of my former clients that are in my private Instagram account that I follow and they follow me. And it warms my heart to see pictures of them kissing or posting about their anniversary and the children that they've had. And basically I love watching these people have the relationship that I didn't get. So it's actually like a happy thing for me. Like that's what we all want when we get married is to be able to have the happy ending with the picket fence and the children and the love and the big Thanksgiving dinners. You know, that's what I wanted It doesn't happen for everybody. Maybe it'll happen eventually, but maybe not the first, second, third, or, you know, fourth time around, Tom. Um, But it could happen. And I think that's something that we as a human race have in general, which is hope. And we can always have hope. We can always think, you know, things are going to get better. I can do this. I can work on myself. I can maybe have a little bit better picker. And, and just try to find that person that is going to fulfill me in the way that a lot of my clients have found theirs. And well, but sure
4: also, and,
1: up, but. We, Of course, we celebrate other people that have, and it's fun and it's sweet and, uh, uh, you know, but it's not that you, I'm just saying this out loud. You don't have to, like the quest for this perfect relationship or a healthy relationship. Healthy.
3: Uh, I think healthy is a good word.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I think to give it up your stuff, your career stuff, I mean, when, when you get divorced, <laughs> then they're like, why did I, but I yeah. think the idea that for a child, because so many people don't, Some people are like, I'm going this way. That's just my, you know, and we've, Monica and I've talked to people on here and a lot of times, uh, uh, the, the man will just dump everything on the wife and, and a couple of your friends we've had on here. And, uh, but you know, is being a, a parent, you got to want it, number one. Like people that are uh, uh, unsure, I say don't do it because no, it's on, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. on. And uh, but to to go, okay, I need to focus on this. This human being is the most important. I'm gonna, and so it, it takes a lot of uh, it, it. takes courage to do that. But you've also started 3 I've heard of. I th- think I've heard three different careers. That sound that most people be like, yeah, that's way too difficult. And then oh. here you are with the wedding barn, and yeah. uh, so you, it's not like you, uh, you know, you slowed down. It's like you've done a bunch of interesting things, and and more to come.
3: Yeah, I think I did luck out in that this business that I created is something, and and there's a lot of stuff out there, other things that I could be doing, but this was already there. Is that I'm able to work from home?
4: Yeah, so
3: I and I mean we. We walk up to the barn, we take the dogs, the cats follow us. We go up there, do maintenance, landscaping, you know, all just kind of the basic stuff. But it's right here in my backyard. Um, I really, really enjoy it. And I, it doesn't bother me at all. Like, I don't, right. I don't feel any sort of angst or.
0: Well, and it's also because you're, you, like I think that. you've realized in the last couple years that you can be more than one thing. You know, you can be more than just a pilot or just a mom. And having kids, I think does sometimes show people like what they're made of. What you're capable of. The things you really can accomplish or that you want to accomplish to show this little person like, oh yeah, we can do all this, you know.
3: And also that it's good to be, I mean, I don't know if well rounded is the right word, Mm -hmm. but like I said, I, I would concentrate in the past and you know, my growing years, the 20s and 30s, I would concentrate so much on the task I had at hand, which was always my career. And everything else, relationships, uh, vacations, things like creative juices that I had, everything got pushed to the side because I had focused on this one thing. And I have since, maybe the divorce has helped me with that, realized that that is also extremely unhealthy. Like you definitely need to have your fingers in a bunch of different things because we aren't just made up of one particular thing that we're good at or one particular thing that we like. There's so much stuff out there in the world For we only have this one chance, so we may as well get out there and experience it. And I think that actually – I mean, for me, I think it makes me a happier person in general rather than who I was before where I was just so focused on one particular thing.
1: Well, I also think that that, that all three of us – not uh, I don't know how crazy – your early days were. But I've we've done some stuff that you kinda want to d- have done uh, to, before you before you have a kid. Yes, You want to go you don't want to be regretting bad. I just wish I'd lived and done XYZ. And we're all single parents here. So we know okay. like this is a whole different thing. And I I certainly feel like I've done it I mean I've done everything. I've done it done it the crazy yeah. stuff, the professional Tom's stuff, lived a life
4: Tom's But this
1: a life. is the best, you know. It's it's uh, unless you are uh, in our position, you don't realize how great it is, and how you can look around and go, oh, "I'm depressed about this with this job or this job." And then you look and look over here, I see my kids, and go, "Oh no." That's that's the that's the number one thing. You do have to be well rounded, though, as you know,
0: Kelly. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, I love that you touched on. Hey, um...
1: I got to talk about the actual divorce party.
0: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: Kelly, <laughs> did you uh, like Monica get very drunk, throw up, and make out with a dude? One out of three, a stranger.
3: <laughs> I wish. Um, I would love to say that it was the trifecta, but um, unfortunately, I just got drunk.
4: Yeah. But that's but,
3: a good thing. But honestly, that's... it was the best. But I can't say that about many of my previous Vegas experiences. Yeah. I have to say, this was the most fun Vegas experience I have had because it was just fun. I, I don't know how else to describe oh, it. And the energy the time that we went out, the energy was just so positive. And these crazy sashes that Monica got oh. um, on Instagram. And, oh, I just. Learned her background and I am in awe of this woman. Um, mine said divorced as fuck with a DTF. <laughs> and
0: DTF for these are not down to fuck. It's divorced no. that divorced? fucker.
3: Oh, yeah, that's right. Divorced. It's, oh, there's what?
0: So DTF, remember yeah. from like uh, Jersey Shore, that meant like down to fuck. I
1: didn't even know that part. Okay. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. We got to teach Tom all these terms. Yeah. So the new DTF is divorced that
3: fucker.
1: Oh, I like that a lot.
3: Right?
4: I,
1: yeah. I, that, uh,
3: both.
0: These ladies at Hissy Fite have the best merch. So message
1: oh, them. Oh, you'll have to help there. me with that. So
3: that yeah. was what made it so fun was that we had the paraphernalia to go with it, to make it something different than just girls going out in Vegas. And what I was, I was not nervous because at that point, I'd already had a few glasses of wine, uh-huh. but I was a little concerned that we might get a little bit of hate from people. Oh. Um, like just, negative just, attention
4: yeah, negative,
3: yeah. yeah, from the moment yeah. kelly
0: checked into the hotel there was no. a note in the computer that said these girls are here
3: for a divorce party and what did that lady so think? she didn't know she must she must have not looked at the notes because she said this really sweet girl she's like so are you guys here to celebrate a bachelorette party and anna bir- or a birthday you know what's mm-hmm. are you here for a special occasion and i said Well, none of the above. It's actually my divorce party. And she looked at me and she goes, I had mine last year. (laughs) Gives me the high five over the counter. And is like, you guys have the best time. I'm so happy for you. Congrats on getting through it. And so, and she, Monica's right. Like from the get, so I was a little nervous about the sashes and everything going out, but From the moment we got in the elevator, I mean, people were stopping and going, wait, what does that say? Yeah. Because all the sashes were different. Yeah, and women,
0: str- you know, strangers were walking up to Kelly asking for hugs, saying they had yep. just gone through it. Like, yes. um, we made so many friends. People were then asking to borrow the sashes and take pictures with them. I mean, we just—it was like you would have thought Kelly it was, was Mario like
3: Bobby. a built in community. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Know, people like, oh, you went, you you just went through all the shit that I went through, and
1: well, I also think this, you know, is something where, uh, you know, we're not we don't want to talk about sometimes, especially when we're in the middle of this shit, because it's it's not just embarrassing, but it's, and then when when you get to the other side, you tell people, you know, like, again, at the school parking lot with my kids, there's a lot of single moms. There's a lot of single dads, and there's kids that have two dads or two moms, and so my kids are used to uh, uh, this stuff, but when when you say, like, it was so obvious at your divorce party, and they read that, they're like, wow, someone to talk to. It's like, being at a twelve-step meeting for people that have gone through bad marriages. Yeah. We want to, you know, but I understand why you'd be nervous. But in this day and age, it's very—it uh, was
0: pleasure. amazing support. But one of the things I want to get back to is you had mentioned, like you went through a depression, yeah. And I would love for you to tell us I, what
3: I was so like to talk about it. Yeah, this is another thing that. Uh, especially in my former career field, is not talked about often enough with um, an air of normalcy. Um, I think it's uh, something that I have learned through the process or just for me, nobody told me this, but it is something that I am now really concerned about in general is the way we, and this is my personal opinion, is the way we categorize mental health. Mm -hmm. And we call it mental health. Like it is some sort of magical thing that we're all supposed to be like working on ourselves, and you know, but nobody really knows what that means. What is mental health? Well, really, all it is is health. So, I really don't like the stigma of mental health. Your brain is a physical organ, just like the rest of the organs you have throughout your body, it has to be taken care of. If it's not taken care of, if it breaks down due to hereditary issues, um, situational issues and you just have to find ways to repair it. And fortunately, I mean, I am eternally grateful to this um, psychiatrist that I happened upon um, because she introduced, I I tried several. So first of all, let me just tell you, I didn't know I was depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, Even just talking to my sister, this, when we were in Vegas this weekend, she said, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I think I got depressed right around 2020 or maybe 2016, when I started the business, because it was a nightmare. Um, and she kind of looked at me and goes, Oh, oh
4: that's
3: good. <laughs> it was before that. <laughs> and so, like, you don't, a lot of times when you're depressed, you may not even realize it. And right. I do know that I got to the point where I was just like, This is just life. Life is miserable. I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, pursuing my career, pursuing this relationship, pursuing. All these things, being the perfect parent, being the perfect wife, being the perfect employee, the the military pilot, the commercial pilot, um, business owner, all these different things, you know, daughter, sister, like friend, we have so many different labels that we have to deal with. And those all end up getting categorized under mental health, like we're all just supposed to know how to do it. So what I learned after finding out that I was depressed through, so this is kind of funny my ex-husband was like we should probably see counseling and I was like I totally agree mm-hmm. so actually I think I said it and then he he actually agreed which I was shocked about because mm-hmm. he's kind of one of those guys that's like oh no I'm I'm stoic. Receptical. Perfect. Um, so he did agree to that and I, I thought that was a big step mm-hmm. um, and our marriage counselor after several sessions said Kelly I'd really like to just speak to you you know maybe separately.
0: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: And just see how things are going with you. And so we had a separate, we had a couple separate sessions, and that's when she said, I'd like to split off from marriage counseling. That Mm. needs to come later. She said, Mm. I think you need to see a doctor because I'm you're having thoughts that you shouldn't be having. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I will never forget going to my doctor and, uh, in complete breakdown because especially as a pilot, Mm
4: -hmm.
3: you are expected to have your shit together all the time Mm -hmm. and there's no emotion. You are very strategic and technical and there's just mainly, and I agree with it, mainly because you have to be able to do things really fast and you can't let emotion get involved, fear, exhaustion, um, sadness, happiness, whatever. You really need to just be able to make quick decisions based on safety of life
4: mm-hmm.
3: and the safety of your passengers or yourself. So um, it's it's definitely something that we as um, an aviation community should probably be talking about more mm-hmm. because it's obviously. I mean, we've had, there's been crashes where, you know, pilots have, who's that German wings guy or something like that, that like flew the airplane into the mountains. Like people have some serious issues. We're people, we're human. We've got brains that break down. Mm. And so it was really difficult for me to realize that, but thanks to my amazing taskmaster personality, (laughs) I went after that shit. Yeah, So once I discovered that Okay, I do, I have been diagnosed with major general depression and I was put on um, antidepressants and saw a therapist and multiple therapists. Um, After like a year, Mm
2: -hmm. I
3: was not getting better. I actually felt like I got worse. I had some pretty bad breakdown. Um, And this is, I think this was after they, oh, so after I had this breakdown, they like doubled my dose of antidepressants.
4: Mm -hmm. And,
3: um, I became crazy lethargic. Like there's, Mm -hmm. they actually have this in, you know, like the list, if you've ever been depressed, you know, there's like all this crap you have to Mm -hmm. fill out these, how do you feel about this? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like a dead person breathing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I basically didn't want to do anything. It was all the depression symptoms, but while I'm on these massive doses of antidepressants Mm -hmm. and Fortunately, someone told me about some alternative therapies, one, which I jumped at the chance to do because I was jumping at the chance to do anything mm-hmm. to make this better. And that was uh, ketamine therapy.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And so with ketamine infusions, which is, um, you know, it started out as in the seventies as an anest- it was, and it's still used pretty big in anesthesia, mm-hmm. but what they discovered, and this is just what I'm regurgitating, what was told to me on I haven't researched this at all. Um, is that it was being used on um, people who I think had attempted to commit suicide and they um, were given anesthesia or whatever to calm them down. And if they were given it over a period of time, they mm-hmm. discovered that the depression symptoms were lessening and lessening. And mm-hmm. so over time they started like doing a lot of tests on this stuff. I mean, it really hasn't gotten going except for like the last five years, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, uh, and it has been proven that to sum it up really fast, um, if you look at some of the pathways in your brain as like a gravel road, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times after a lot of driving over this gravel road, you will end up with, um, potholes. So you've got these potholes that are occurring on this road. That's going to make it very difficult for things to travel down. So what the ketamine comes in and does is somehow through magic, it goes in there and repairs those potholes Mm -hmm. so that whatever the little synapses and everything are that need to function, they can actually be completed. Um, So that worked for me. (laughs) It worked really well. It almost worked too well because my sister now calls it Key West Happy because I had Just finished my round of ketamine treatments, and it's an intensive treatment. It only takes two weeks, but it's like, it's a lot. And I have never done drugs before because I just was a pilot and in the military. So this was my first experience in this sort of realm. And it's interesting. I'll give it that. But definitely not scary whatsoever. I mostly just found it interesting, the quote unquote trip that you go down. Um, So that was fine. But after the two weeks were done, we went to Key West because uh, my brother-in-law had a debt down there uh, for the military, and I was basically like the Vegas. That's what Lacey said about our Vegas trip. She's like, "You were you are Key West happy this weekend?" <laughs> She's like, oh. "I had so much fun. It was just that pure like coming out of this cloud. joy, yeah, It was absolutely incredible." And the problem with that is that I was still, because they don't want you to go off of it because it's kind of a heavy type of drug, the SSRIs that we use for antidepressants, um, I took myself off them and um, I cut them down over the period of a month. And because I was feeling so great, I felt like I'd been cured of my depression. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to a therapist. I'm eating all the right foods. I'm learning about the gut and how that transmits stuff into your brain and creates all the good chemicals. Mm
4: -hmm. And
3: so I'm like, I'm on the right path and doing everything right. And I don't like being on these drugs. So Mm -hmm. I'm done with them. So I got rid of them and had a (laughs) massive relapse um, Mm -hmm. about a month later. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really, really bad. Uh, and that's when my family stepped in and said, um, something really needs to be done. This is this is getting serious. Your daughter needs you. And you cannot raise her when you're in this state of mind. Mm-hmm. So um I literally did a Google search um, for doctor, <laughs> for psychiatrists in my area that would take TriCare, which is the military healthcare. And, um, this one woman popped up and I did, um, a meeting with her and I really just connected with her and thought she was awesome. And she told me about this new therapy that they have and it's called TMS and that's called transcranial magnetic therapy. Yes. Write this down because yeah, I yeah, yeah, okay. I'm always like the ketamine was great. Ketamine is great, but ketamine, the problem with it is it's only paving it was like a problem. temporary Yeah. It's not, it's not even to. It is temporary. Yes, you do have to kind of. If you've got, if it's something where the little things in your brain just do not ever heal, then yes, like month. Some people do it monthly. Some people do it quarterly. Some people do it annually. Some people never have to do it again.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But I'm more like quarterly. But this new thing called TMS, transcranial magnetic therapy, is made up of the magnets. And again, I'm just mm-hmm. telling you guys what I know. Yeah, so just if you want to learn about it, please, please look into it. Yep. But it worked for me and it, it literally changed my life. It changed the path of my life from going like this to going like this. And it was, um, so they take these magnets that are in a, um, MRI. So it's the same type of magnets. And if you've, I've never had an MRI, but I've heard that if you go into an MRI, it's very scary. Is it, is it super clacky and like loud? Yeah. You get headphones,
1: but it is, it is. Head, right. claustrophobic. Yeah,
3: and claustrophobic. So yeah. it's those magnets that are making that noise. And so what they do is they don't ask me how they do this. Somehow, with they use these tape measures on your. I mean, I felt like I was in some sort of like '50s horror movie. Um, they're like measuring your brain, and they're they're testing using your finger twitches. To find out where your motor, what the hell is it yeah. called? Motor vortex or not vortex? Motor cortex. Cortex. Thank you. Vortex. Uh, cortex. Whatever. Arizona State. <laughs> Arizona State. <laughs> <laughs> so they find out where your motor is, <laughs> and they know that this one little lobe in there that is that is the only one. You have them all over your brain, but this is the one they can target. Um that creates serotonin and dopamine and all of the good feeling things that the good feeling um, chemicals that your brain releases to help manage your mood and your emotions and all that sort of fun stuff. So they're able to find that the thing that they have said is that and they've done they have like some cool pictures that show you brains that you know, before depression, here's what this looks like. And this is what looks like when you're on depression, or when you have depression. (laughs) And it's these little cortexes or these little, um, whatever they're called, they shut down. So it's just like if you have liver failure or if you have uh, heart problems or, Mm -hmm. you know, bad whatever, it's just a part of your Mm -hmm. physical being that is not working anymore. So it has just basically gone to sleep. It has given up. So what these magnets do is, that's why it's called stimulation, is -hmm. they go in there and they kind of like shock the shit out of it Mm -hmm. to wake it up. And once it is, can you feel that shock? Was it painful? So I was going to get to that. Okay. For me, it was excruciatingly painful. And I had to do this for six months. I did it every single day, Monday through Friday for three months. Mm -hmm. And they start tapering you down to like four times a week and then three times a week. And then how long, how
1: long is the session for, for one of those?
3: Forty minutes, because well, it started out as only um, no, it was always forty minutes, I believe. No, I'm sorry, that's ketamine. Twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and that twenty minutes is like for me, It was horrible. I'll never forget the very first time I did it. It the pain was so horrible because you feel it like ricocheting in behind your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I remember tears coming out of my eyes and just this thought in my head. I said, "I am so." Sorry, and I was apologizing to my brain
4: Mm -hmm.
3: because it was going through, it was having to be put through this like crazy torture. I mean, they say that it's not supposed to be that painful. Um, That it's actually supposed, it feels uncomfortable,
0: and you probably can't take anything before
3: because you want to be take Advil. (laughs) You can take Advil.
4: You can take Advil. I did.
3: I, I don't know that it helps that much, but. It did, the pain did start to lessen after like two weeks, Um, but it was always there. It just wasn't quite as where I'd be like, gritting my teeth, like holding onto the seat, just tense because it hurt so badly. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was worth it. And even one of my technicians was like, I'm impressed you were so dedicated to this treatment. She said, not everyone follows through with it completely. But like I said, taskmaster. I was going to complete this no matter what. So I got it all done. The thing is, is that what that, once it wakes up your little lobe in there that creates that stuff, they also have now discovered that using infusions of ketamine along with the TMS is going to be the most beneficial because you are now healing those pathways as well as, I don't know, like the mechanic that is actually going to make the car run down the road. So, um, So those two, and because I had already done the ketamine, it didn't really, I didn't have to do it again, but they are now really trying to push more of like doing the ketamine infusions with the TMS, uh, to really get the best results. And they do call it just being like, now that I'm done, they call it being in remission. Um, which I think is smart. You're never fully cured. It's like, if you have had a heart attack, you can't ever go back and say, you've never had a heart attack. Right. Um, you know, there's, is, there is an issue with your heart. There is an issue with your brain. There is an issue with your skin, whatever it happens to be. You just have to figure out ways to fix it. And I'm hoping that, and I've tried to figure out how to get this message out there more because I know so many people, especially if you're going through divorce, divorce can be, divorce itself can cause depression. Um, it wasn't oh the, the sole cause of my depression, but it certainly like, made it, bigger. It, <laughs> it was not helpful. But um, I think it's really important to get these alternative therapies out there because a lot of these SSRIs, if you don't know about SSRIs and what they do, all they're really doing is blocking the uptake in your little lobe thing that spits out the serotonin. It actually sucks it back in and recirculate. Basically, it's like recycling your serotonin.
4: Mm. So
3: what those SSRIs do, that's why it's called a blocker it's blocking your little load from being able to suck it back in. So that's how these work for depression is that you are actually keeping that chemical in your brain. It's not fixing the problem though. It's taking Advil for the pain. It's not actually fixing the problem. So that's the, that's the issue I have with a lot of these SSRI products.
1: Okay. I got a couple, I got a couple questions. Now no. I am uh, uh, in recovery. You know, I'm a, uh, uh, you know, you say, I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. That never changes. It's just yep. that I don't use, and I also spend. Uh, Monica knows. I go down to the VA and talk to the men and women down there, uh, that have similar things. And you, yeah, do? I do. It, thank
3: you for doing that.
1: Well, it's it, it's selfish being of service. It, you know, doesn't because
4: matter. I always it doesn't matter.
1: But I but uh, when I first started doing it thirty years ago, uh, nobody talked about mental or uh, the health of the. You or know, don't talk about post-traumatic stress, especially the pilots. They would yeah, have depression. No, they would not. And and then I found that you know I go give these speeches around the country to corporations or people, and the amount of pilots that are uh, trying to be in recovery is the of any job field. The pilots are the number one. The, the, the stress. Of people.
4: I mean. And, uh,
1: yeah, and I think it's great. It, you know, like American Airlines has a pro, huge program that that you know. I right. think these companies realize, oh, we gotta we gotta take care of our folks now. Uh, y- your journey is interesting because you uh, started with the uh, the anti- antidepressants, or the, uh, uh, and you went up, and then you felt lethargic. Uh, which I, I mean, I relate. I tried that too, but I hadn't quit using drugs, so it did You know, you got to clear it out. <laughs> And and I certainly know that feeling of being lethargic from my heart medication, which is a, a good analogy. The brain, the heart, you know, these, these vital organs and getting the right balance for me. But uh so you did this and then then you went to the ketamine. I have one question, is ketamine in the same category as ayahuasca?
4: I don't, I don't know. So. Okay.
3: But it's also intravenous, right, Kelly? You get I mean, they have different kinds they've oh, got um, yeah. they've got a nasal spray they've got intravenous they've got suppositories oh. Uh, oh. there's also like lozenges but the thing is is that the um i can't remember the anesthesiologist that does it gave me the stats but i forgot what they are but it's something like 30 percent of the ketamine in intravenous go- will actually make it to your brain oh yeah it's yeah. like Eight percent in the nasal spray that makes it to your brain. So wow. the the intravenous just ends up being more effective because you're able to get past the, um, I guess like the if you're ingesting it or if you're having to breathe it in, it's having to go through it's having to go through all of your system, something like that.
4: Yeah, it and, ends up
3: being and, the better one.
1: And I think it's uh, first of all, thank you for talking about this. You know, I have there's also people in my uh, recovery that are like, yeah, you can't. Uh, no ketamine, no whatever. And I think that you do whatever, you you got to heal yourself. And it takes courage to do this. You, know, you go this one way, which is more common, the antidepressants. And then the, you are going to try this other thing. Your family loves you so much. Obviously, things were not going great. I yeah. always say that when I get to a, a 12-step meeting, it's not really a winner's club. We didn't get here because no. everything was going <laughs> so, so But I loved hearing that, and I loved that you try to take yourself off of the medication, which is insane, you know, like- Which I
0: think is called self-doctoring,
1: which is yeah, a before. lot, it's
0: very yeah. common. Yeah, you know.
1: but I get that, I get that. Um, and then to go to the other, uh, uh, the t- what is it, TMI? No, t- What what is it?
4: TMS, TMS.
1: Yeah, that's such an interesting thing for me too, just because I know the way my brain works and to figure out what it is, you know, at any cost, you know, because it's weird because your hard drive is messed up. I, I, I don't mean you, but I just mean in general.
4: Oh, yeah. Like you can could,
1: you could look at your, uh, you know, your legs. If you hurt your leg, you're like, so you have to gauge everything. And I think when you, when you go through a divorce, you're like, well, I should be depressed. What does that mean? In your case, you're like, I'm going to run. I've run my whole life just blast- blasting through walls. I'm just going to keep moving so it doesn't get me and uh and my thing was i'm going to do that too but i'm also going to medicate myself with drugs and booze and and then eventually you can't run anymore and you're lucky to have such a loving family and and uh have your shit together enough to go this is the most important thing yeah you know it's my my health even if i have to take care of that so i can take care of my my kiddo like when they say the mask also
4: as
0: kelly's friend you know for many years you know, Kelly's personality is when, when shit's hitting the fan with Kelly, she kind of goes radio silent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, some people reach out more and, you know, again, the culture of, you know, flying and the military and all those things, and maybe just your personality mixed in general with the taskmaster thinking I can do this on my own, you know, that's what's scary is when, you know, maybe some people kind of go inward and don't ask for help. And the fact that you kind of were able to still have the fire inside of you or that one little speck of light to still try to fight for yourself or try to fix it in some way. Because I didn't know, as one of her, you know, close friends, I didn't know a lot of this was going on until after the fact. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing that you, yeah. I don't
3: want to, yeah, nobody ever wants to admit you know, that they're not, I mean, maybe people do. I don't, you know, to admit that they're not, things aren't going quite as wonderfully as you may try to make right. it work. as wonderfully as we see on Instagram. Right, <laughs> and I mean, that's another thing. I mean, that's a whole different episode in itself for you guys, but the whole Instagram issue I mean, and social media, and, and I think that's why if, if whoever... People, Tom, you, like if you go and talk to the VA or whoever that can like really get the message out there that depression, whether it's caused by whatever, it's, it's not something to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. I, I don't look at somebody who had a heart attack and say, boy, you really really screwed up and you suck. Mm -hmm. Right. You deserve that heart attack, (laughs) you know, or, mm, I don't know, there's just, I feel like there's been such a negative stigma with mental health that Mm -hmm. we really need to, and my personal feeling is that it's the mental, it makes you sound crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's got to be a better term for it.
1: No, but it's got, well, Kelly, what you just did, uh, uh, you know, I hear a lot of different things from a lot of different, the people I consider very honest and and share their uh, stuff, but that was incredible that you, you know, because especially with the old thinking like I'm going to share about my mental health and, and people will be like, okay, that's the last I can talk. And I, now you got a chick in your armor. But I think social media has been good because people share stuff on there. You know, uh, uh, you know, I have a couple of social media friends that are sharing their breast cancer journey and, and, or and their their mental health stuff. There, And they'll say today is not a good day, whatever. And I think that's just the bravest thing. I also think – that when you don't hear so, from somebody like Kelly, you know, like sometimes friendships or family, you, you're like, I realize I haven't hurt that person. Fuck that person. What's up with them? They don't need me. They must be rolling. And now right. they don't need me. I'm always there for you. But I always think, uh, what's? Uh, can, let's think about what could be going on there. And I do that a lot when people are like, well, I met this person. They were an asshole. I go, it could have been the worst day of their life when you met that person. Yeah. yeah. So it's then so- – you know you, you you we get we get our feelings hurt cuz we haven't heard from our buddies or our friends and family and then you know, too many times i found out oh that's you know that's what's going on so you just kind of we learn that oh other people have a lot of stuff going on and uh, maybe it's not all about me.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah it's not all about me
3: yeah um, every yeah. single that's the, some that's like a weird thing to start to realize is everybody's fucked up like we've, we've all, all got something, things.
0: um, any other divorce party, uh, things you want to talk about from the weekend that stuck
3: out for you or that, you know, well, I mean, let me tell you how terrified I was about when Monica said, you can't wear a dress to your party. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Cause I was
3: like, Oh, I get to go out. I'm going to get dressed up, wear a sexy dress
4: yeah.
3: be with the girls, not have to worry about anything. And she says, No, you're going to need a pantsuit. And I was like, What? Who the hell wears a pantsuit to Vegas? Yeah. But, and so I, and she would like send me like ideas. And so I'm sitting there thinking, What the hell is going to happen? And sure <laughs> enough, my BFF happens to be good friends with one of the hosts. And we got um, some special treatments. Oh, okay. Kelly up on stage. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Was, that's my question to you guys. You get up a Like, men, it's always funny because my son, my 10 year old, is playing Fortnite or something. And then it goes into a gentleman's club. I go, No. You've got to stop. But it's funny that men call them gentlemen's club. But,
0: right. There's uh, nothing uh, gentlemanly about it, those. Places. It's
1: also funny that Monica said, Wear a pantsuit. Now, a man. If they were going to their divorce party, they would wear uh, shorts. If they're like, "Oh, there might be some pot- some extra attention," I'm going to wear shorts. It's a little no after underwear. Short
0: action? Is that what you're thinking, Tom? I, I well, I, I,
1: I think in the day that did happen in Mexico. What? In,
0: my, in Mexico, no, it might have
1: happened a little bit. A full <laughs> lot. I, I I, I think a little this. champagne
0: a room tub. tub.
1: Oh yeah, well, there's <laughs> that. But this was a full on. This is like probably dangerous, but but no. <laughs> You're, uh, but the, the, I didn't even wear shorts. But, that, but do these guys? Do you get a feeling these guys, these male dancers, uh, want to be with you too? They're like, because I know the women don't.
4: don't want to be with That's what I think,
0: no. I think no. they know it's- that they know that they're there to provide the service of making a giving everyone a good time and making everyone feel beautiful and attractive. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, I don't, but I don't
3: think they mind it either.
4: No, no.
3: I'm sure they really enjoy it. But I mean, the thing that I thought was interesting is when the guy that was going to be my quote unquote lap dancer. Yeah. Um, he kind of pulled me away from our table and had me go sit separately and he came and he said, okay, so. I'm going to walk you through this. Like I'm going to, and he did every, like there you can see. this. Kind of like things, an on set love making. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, it was, he was, if you saw it look like he was being all sexy in my ear or something, mm-hmm. he was actually whispering to me and saying, is this okay? Let me know if you're uncomfortable. Like, um, You know, I don't, you know, just everything like he was always saying, you know, are you doing okay? Are you having fun? Yeah, nothing happens that you don't want to happen.
1: That's smart. You know, in the old days, people didn't ask that question. They were just like, you know, I'm just going to do this thing. But it's smart with the, you know, with these days and and respectful. It's, it's It's a way to have a relationship, too.
3: Yeah, like, uh, it was you know, nice. I mean, it, I thought it was lovely because they're, they're performing an act. They are yeah. dancers. They aren't there to like get a girlfriend or hook up. I mean, yeah, sure they do at some point, but, sure. but who knows? That's not, the, that's not the name of the game when they. And it's so funny. The stage the I mean, song
0: that they pulled Kelly up to on stage was called Permission, which is so fun. Yeah, yeah.
4: Nice. yeah. Well, yeah, I also of- thought it was funny. I-
1: I assume a lot of these good-looking dudes are gay. That's the only, that's I, what, I, I, how can you be half that half. good-looking at that, that, that?
0: I know. No, I think it's. I think uh, my friend who works very, at Magic Mike said it's about half. It's more straight guys than you would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's something for everyone there. It was a really it was good,
3: so much fun, it was
0: a great time. And then we, you know, we went and had you know a little late night snack,
3: and then the next day was yeah, really. And we met this amazing group of guys. So this is the other thing that had not happened to me in Vegas before, maybe because I've always been kind of on the prowl. I hate, I hate to say it, but well, you've been in a relationship I that I like that. or whatever.
4: Yeah.
3: I had none of that on Friday. Like I that that was not part of my, where I was at all. I was just out to be with my good friends and have a great time. And And maybe that energy is what created these relationships that we had that night where we met this group of guys from like New Zealand or something and the UK and somebody lived in Westlake and New York, whatever, but they were all fun it mm. was never gross mm. i never felt like we were being like touched or gross it was like we were all just it's almost like we were there as a group of friends
0: and we felt 21 again because guys yes. were buying us drinks and i mean yeah, we was, right.
3: the last time some yeah. people wanted their pictures taken with us and then and then we met a group of girls yeah. and the girls were just as much fun as the guys yeah. it made it even more fun and we ended up like now i'm friends with them on instagram yep. like, we created these relationships that night that I will actually continue past the divorce party, which was really I thought so cool. Yeah. And And Kelly one almost one. had to we beat somebody's night. ass. Good. Oh, remember? We were at this I'll tell this really So quick. I do still get triggered. I am not completely yeah, cured. but that's
0: what i love about kelly like she will not
1: fuck around i like that she's standing, a lot
0: talking to people and all of a sudden we get drenched with like water or something we turn around and this older lady had thrown a drink and we didn't know who she was throwing it at and then she starts yelling at some guy that actually was part of the group of people we were talking to so we were like okay and we wiped it off thinking that was it and then she just lost it and starts just picking up drinks from every table throwing him at us. And I was like, what the
4: fuck? Kelly
0: just barrels right up to her. I like that a lot. I go and I get the hot like UFC bouncer. I'm like, yeah. hey, bitch, do your job. My friend's about to kill this lady. Yeah. And, like he had to come over and defuse the bomb because I mean, it was like Kelly had her sash on and this hot pink pantsuit, but she and then Kelly's sister was right behind her, like ready to go. I mean, it was hilarious.
1: Well, you you guys are. are uh, I'm so grateful to your friends. I'm so grateful that Kelly that you shared so honestly and openly uh, about your. Your whole journey, you know, you never know. You're going you know, people go through a divorce, they share about that, which is really interesting to me. But then I really appreciate you sharing more and how you yeah, got absolutely. to be right here.
3: Yeah, no, I'm happy too. I, I, it's not something I'm ashamed about. No. whatsoever. No. I have, I know a lot of people have said stuff to me like maybe you don't want to be talking about this kind of stuff openly. And I'm like, why? Uh, why?
2: I'm not the only
3: one going through it. And it's not like I committed a crime. Yeah, um, people, so need why would I be ashamed of it?
0: to know right. that they're not that's alone? Right. And, you know, maybe, yeah, if you can even help one person with your story or your resources. And that's I'm-
3: another thing that I think has been so good about, like, just even divorce parties or talking about divorce in general, because it has been something that I think people don't like to talk about because nobody wants to go through it. People that get married are like, no, 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 I'm not going to get divorced. And Hope to God they never do. Well, but, half of them are gonna, but <laughs> Statistics say, um, but I've had because I think I have been very open about divorce and what I've been going through. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean I don't divulge like every little thing, but I mean just like yeah, I'm getting a divorce, and you know it, it sucks and blah blah blah. Um, I've had a number of women really reach out to me and say, you know, like what did you do? Mm-hmm. How do you go about this? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get a divorce, but it We've got problems. And so it's nice to even just be able to open up the dialogue with people and say, you know, there are ways that you can try to solve your issues. These are, these are steps you can take. Yeah. And ultimately, if you can't, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But Amazing. The the All right. You're the best, Kelly. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Hey, we, we love you. Love you guys. Best divorce party ever. You're yeah.
0: welcome. My pleasure. I love you. Congrats.
3: Thanks, you guys.
1: Thank bye. you,
3: bye. Thank
1: you, bye. That was amazing.
3: That was so great. That
1: like if you if you're going to do a divorce party business, that you that will her testimonial. Everybody want to do it. I want to do it now. That there's a way more fun.
0: I know. Thanks, Tom.
1: Thank you. Bye now,
0: Peter. Bye.
1: bye.